Hey, welcome in. Stinky Truth Podcast. Mark Schlerth alongside Mike Evans, Millennial Ben, producing the show. Want to thank our presenting sponsor, the great folks over at Bet Rivers. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers. Also, stinking good green chili. Check us out online for your green chili needs, your queso needs, stinkinggood.com. Mike, how are you? Gee, Mark, nothing to talk about this week, huh? I know. How about, I mean, you and I live in Denver, Colorado, and... Just the 180 that we like the 180 that that happened here on was it Tuesday? Tuesday. Tuesday. Aaron Rodgers basically says I'm going back to Green Bay, and I mean ultimately here in town that Aaron Rodgers candle that you've been burning every night just was out, and everybody depressed. And within minutes, it seemed like within minutes, all of a sudden. Russell Wilson is the quarterback of the Denver Broncos. I mean, I, 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 euphoria I, I've here never, in Denver. I've never experienced a swing of emotions in this business like that because we were waiting for the Rodgers decision. We pretty much kind of had a feeling that he was going to stay in Green Bay, but he's mm-hmm. still holding out hope, right? And Absolutely. so about 9.30 our time, we get the news he's staying. Yeah. I'm immediately depressed. You know, I'm just because now I'm like, ugh. Right. Now I'm thinking about, you know, who are you going to trade for? Gardner Minshew or Jimmy Garoppolo? Right. We're going to go through another bridge quarterback you know, like Teddy Bridgewater. Sign Mitch Trubisky. Wah, 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 right. Right. And then two hours later comes down the announcement. Russell Wilson. Out of nowhere. How like do they thunderclap. get By the way, how do they keep that so quiet? I'm amazed. In today's world, the way the NFL is covered, I'm I'm shocked. I am too because you would think that somebody within one of the organizations would have leaked it to somebody, talked to it about, and somebody would have had the information. There, there was no, there was absolutely nothing. There was no inkling of of any of this stuff kind of surfacing, and obviously, that's the one thing that the combine is it does. Like the the one thing the combine does for me is deals get done. That's about it. Like, I mean, I, you know, we watch all the 40 times and we watch the bench press test and everybody gets enamored by the the show of athleticism. That's all it is. It's a, it's an athletic endeavor. Hey, let's see how good an athlete you are. It means nothing other than, hey, the dude's fat. Like, if the combine was so freaking important, why don't you run 40s the rest of your life? Like, the last 40 you ever run is at the combine. If you can play, then you never have to run another 40. Nobody ever times it again. That bench press test, you do it one time at the combine. There's no team in the National Football League that lines up players every year to go, all right, time to do the annual bench press test. Let's see where you are with 225. Nobody gives a rip anymore. Can you play? Can you not play? That's really what it boils down to. But the bottom line for me is, you're getting in Denver an all-star. I mean, we talk about Mike, we talk about we we layer, we we tier quarterbacks, right? So we have that unicorn tier, if you will, that consisted of Brady, consisted of Aaron Rodgers, uh, Patrick Mahomes, and I think Russell Wilson is the fourth guy in the unicorn tier. I'd agree or with has that. been. Yep. And then we go to the the Tier one after that, right? We go to the Staffords of the world. We go to, you know, some of the other quarterbacks that the the Josh Allen. Josh Allen. 
who's you know starting to enter that unicorn mm-hmm. tier. We go to the the Matt Ryan's of the world. Like we go to that next tier of guys, and then there's you know the tier two guys, the Kirk Cousins of the world, the Jimmy Garoppolo's of the world, and I tell you the fact that Seattle was willing to to give up on the unicorn guy who's 33 years old, who said straight-faced many different times that he wants to play into his mid-40s. Like, you're giving up on a guy that is just entering his prime and his, oh, last year was the first time he's ever missed games in his career. The first time he's ever not been a winning quarterback in his career. First time he had an under 500 record. Then answer why. Why? Because I'm sure there are plenty of Seattle Seahawks fans listening to this right now asking that same question. Why? So I reached out to somebody in the Seattle organization, and I said exactly why. Like, why? And the prevailing thought in Seattle is, one, he was unhappy. He's unhappy with the organization. I think mostly he's unhappy uh, well, this is me speculating. I, he's just unhappy. I don't know if it's Pete Carroll. I, I like he's just. I don't know if it's John Snyder. You know, I think. I think one of the interesting things, Mike, is is something that you've talked about a lot. We have seen here Peyton Manning come to Denver and win Super Bowl, win a Super Bowl, go to. We've seen the impact that he's had on uh, on the team, the community, the impact he's had on free agency. And I think that you see that from afar, and you'd like, and I think a lot of these quarterbacks like are 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 saying to themselves, "I'd like to have that, like I'd have that, like to have that, you know, input into the organization." Then you see Tom Brady, you know, where Tom Brady has Alex Guerrero and and you know his his guru, and you've heard the tension, like. We're not going to let him fly on the team playing, and we're not, you know, all this. T- he's got to be in the back corner of of some. Like we got him in a closet, in a supply closet, working on Tom. Like they 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 don't like that. And then Tom leaves New England and goes to Tampa, and they go, "What you you want Gronk? Okay, we'll get you Gronk. Oh, Antonio Brown's a problem everywhere, and there's no way he can play for. Okay, we'll get you Antonio Brown. Oh, you know Leonard Fournette. Okay, we'll get you. And you see Tom Brady go. And, I mean, you see him after the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl parade drunk. Like, he's like, it's the first time he's ever been unkempt. (laughs) I mean, he got rid of, like, he got rid of that weight. And here he goes from New England, where basically they say, hey, you play quarterback and you don't have a say, to Tampa, where it's like, hey, dude, what do you want? And then we saw it with Matthew, Matthew Stafford leaves Detroit and wins the Super Bowl, and they're like, hey, man, Von Miller, yeah, come on. Wait, what do you need? Odell Beckham Jr. wants uh, Robert Woods gets uh, hurt. Yeah, we'll get that. That's good with us. And so you see these guys having that kind of impact. And I think it's interesting because, you know, when it comes from a different team, you're willing to give that. I think when you draft the guy, you're not willing to, like in Seattle, they weren't willing to do that. Like Russell Wilson, and I've probably told this story on here before, but a couple of years ago, I'm doing a game. And I just asked him, this is for my own selfish benefit. Like, what's your process like? How do you game plan? How do you go about studying? Because I'm always looking and I'm always asking questions about how guys do it. How do you study? I'm asking coaches all the time. Hey, if you were in my position, you were calling the game. What would you study? 
because you, you know me, I'm ridiculous the amount that I study, right? And I'm like, I'm always looking for a more efficient way. Are there things, am I wasting time doing certain things? Could I be more efficient? And then Russell Wilson says, well, here's what I do. Like, I, I get done with the game, playing the game. I get on the plane where everybody else is, you know, having a good time, watching a movie, playing cards, whatever. He watches the game twice. He has it downloaded. So he watches it twice. Once, he watches, like, the TV copy just to watch it, to hear it, to see it. And then he watches the coach's film, and he breaks it down. What could I have done better? Where could I have been, where could I have been better? So he does that twice. On Sunday night, sleeps about two or three hours on Sundays. Then he starts breaking down film. Monday, hey, what are they, what is this team I'm playing? What what do they play first and ten? They uh, you know, are they a twenty five front? They a fifty seven front? They even front? They a four three? What are they base out of? What do they do? What are they in second down five minus? Then we get into nickel situations. Okay, what do they play in nickel? Are they play an under front nickel, like a queen front, a king front? Now, you know, do they play nickel? Do they play dime? Who's their dime guy? Who's their nickel guy? Is their nickel guy very good? Because that's what teams like to attack is the nickel guy. You know, they like to attack that both in the run and the pass. Like, so you start to look at those things, right? Then, hey, I'm breaking down dogs versus blitzes and da-da-da-da-da. And he goes, by Tuesday night, I'm done. And and one of those people that those rare, annoying people that can function on four to five hours of sleep a night. I'm not one of those people. He is. And so by Wednesday or Tuesday night, he sent out a, you know, a dossier of the team and what they're doing. And he puts even, Mike, he told me this year, he, his dossier. So, hey, we're, we're going to play San Francisco. So we're preparing for this. And their mascot is, uh, their mascot is, Sam. And uh, so I put in there, hey, watch number 49 in nickel. Sa- they call him Sourdough Sam. He's that, just to see if the guys are actually reading my reports, making sure. And like, so this is what he does all week long. And all of a sudden, if you're putting that kind of effort in, if the coach just kind of throws it away or doesn't, like, you, you give it to Pete Carroll and Pete Carroll, hey, this is really fun and nice. And he, Circular files it, or you're not going, hey, in free agency, man, we're really thinking about going after this guy, or is there anybody that you think would really fit our team? Like, you're not doing that for Russell Wilson? Like, he wants to go somewhere where he's got that input, and I understand why. Well, it does make sense, because if how can it be on one hand, we talk about every week here on shows like this, we talk about the importance of the quarterback, the desperation to mm-hmm. find that quarterback. You either have one or you don't. Right. You're a have or a have not. How then can you elevate that position to such a level? And then if you're lucky enough to have one of those guys, all of a sudden say, yeah, but I don't want your input. I don't want your input on the offense. I don't want your input on personnel. Why? Yeah. You, you, I, I think you, when you've you, got such a valuable resource. Right. Why aren't you exhausting it, mining it for all it's worth? Yeah, I don't. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it's, hey, we drafted you in the third round and we made you. Like, there's only a, there's only a handful of guys. All the years, the 16 years I've worked at ESPN, every year we'd bring a group of, you know, we'd bring a group of just, like, the the best quarterbacks running, the best position players, the best of the best. You know, the guys that are going to get drafted in the first round. 
we bring them through the car wash, you know, and they'd be part of Sports Center, part of NFL Live, part of this, part of that, part of whatever, right? And you'd sit down with certain guys and talk to them, and you'd be in the green room with them and everything else. And, and more often than not, you know, it was whatever. It was the, the guy was fine. And sometimes you'd be like, good luck with that dude, right? That dude is, that dude's going to struggle. And then there were times where a guy would run through there and you'd be like, that's one of the most impressive individuals I've ever been around, ever. There were two guys that blew me away. I mean, blew me away in my 16 years at ESPN. And every year, you know, every I'm in there, you know, three days a week, every week of the year. And so every year I'm, I'm sitting with a bunch of guys, two guys that blew me away, Luke Keekley. I'm like, that dude is special. And Russell Wilson. Mm, just two. Just that just blew me away. Yeah. Only there was only two guys that okay. really but what what okay, and it's interesting you just said that. Russell Wilson made an incredible impression on you. Mm-hmm. Okay, how he came across. Right. But one of the complaints, one of the criticisms of Russell's time in Seattle from some of his own teammates is that he's fake. That he's not authentic. That a lot of it is that that public facade. Mm-hmm. And this this wasn't guys that were unnamed players in the locker room. Guys came out with their names on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? Yeah. Uh, Sherman, Bennett, guys like that. So who's the real Russell Wilson? Yeah. I think that, I think that, and like I've done over the last five years, I've done a probably on average two Seattle games a year for five years now. Maybe two or three. Like I, I've probably done over 10 Seattle games. So I've, I've talked to Russell 10 times where I sat down with him face to face. Russell is interesting. Like, Russell's a politician. When you're talking straight football, Russell's a complete and total politician. Like, he's not going to give you a lot. Um, he's going to use a lot of buzzwords. He's going to talk, you know, a good game and stuff. But he's he's always he's guarded with the information. He doesn't want to say something that you could use, you know, as incriminating evidence or that you would you would look at it and say, oh, this is really good. I, I just got something juicy on this broadcast. So he's very much a politician when it comes to that stuff. When you start talking to him about his faith, when you start talking to him about his family, when you start talking to him about things other than football, dude lights up. He's authentic as, as you can be. Now, I will tell you, and I think Russell would tell you, he's a nerd. Like, he's n- nerdy with certain things. And... I think that, you know, we, we you and I talked to Dave Wyman, former Denver Bronco, former Seattle Seahawks, does the broadcast for the Seahawks on radio. He's the voice, he's the color voice of, of radio for them. And uh, he's like, Russell's do things in meetings like, losing is not an option, you guys, you know, and, and everybody just kind of rolls their eyes and go, hey, dumb, like, hey, moron. Like, <laughs> but he's he's nerdy that way. Right, right. And I think sometimes those things come out and people are just like, 
you know, he's not authentic. You talk to coaches about his insatiable appetite for knowledge, for work, for like, like there is nobody that I've ever been around that works any harder, that prepares more, that cares about it more than Russell. It was like when Peyton Manning came to Denver. It just changed the culture of the organization. And I think that there are guys who probably think it's fake, but it's, I think it really is who he is. And I think he probably was a little awkward coming into Seattle as a young player with all those dominant defensive guys. And so maybe it didn't really sit well, but um, all I can tell you, man, he has been so gracious to me in meetings. He's been so forthright when you talk about things. Like I said, he's not going to give you a lot on the football side. There's a lot of guys like that. But, boy, he gives you a ton, uh, just a ton of really interesting things when you get him off the just the football conversation. So, Wilson to Denver. See, I, I think, like, let me just say this. I think he's probably the exact opposite. And I've only done Aaron Rodgers once, yeah. and I've had a relationship with Aaron. But Aaron gives you all kinds of great, juicy football stuff. Like he'll tell you about everything that he's thinking, how he how he dissects the game. He think like I had a, a a meeting with Aaron where he's like, "How would I play me? Like if I was a defensive coordinator, how would I play me?" And then he starts just talking, and he's like looking up. He's not even talk. He's not even looking at you. He's right. just like he's in his own head. Yeah, he's going. Well, if I was a defensive coordinator, would I? Play me like softball. I'll just cut you up underneath, and you know, and we'll just drive it down there. All right. So would I press? No, I'm pressing you. Like, and then he's like, "There is no defense against me." You know what I mean? <laughs> no, he didn't say that, but you know what You're I'm right. saying. But he'll give you great football stuff, like personal stuff. I don't think he'll talk to you about that. Where it's exactly the opposite with Russell Wilson. See, you paint a picture of your your conversation with with Aaron Rodgers, and I'm just like, man, that guy is cool. I can see why. He's revered inside that locker yeah. room. Why his teammates love him so much, which goes against the public perception that grew over the last year of Rodgers. You heard all the all oh. the, the, the the buzzwords. He's selfish. Mm. He's a diva. Uh, he's only interested in the money. Right. Uh, all that stuff that really flies contradictory to what you shared with me your dealings with him. So where where's Aaron Rodgers at now that he's agreed to go back to Green Bay? Where where is he at? What who well, is he? What's his legacy? What yeah. what's the perception? I mean, obviously you got to you you you've got to get to another and win another championship, right? I mean, the, you have to. If you're Green Bay, you you've done this. I've spread it. Trey Wingo's picked it up. Uh, the dynasty that never was. Gee, where'd you get that from? I just told you. You Okay. From you. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. I just wanted. Don't get sensitive. I, I'm sorry. You got a little I, sensitive. I did. I, I did just. A, I, just I just said. got a little burr under my saddle. I know you do. You do. <laughs> You're like John Dutton over there. <laughs> By the way, you told me to watch Yosemite. You're like you've been. Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yellowstone. Yosemite. Yeah. It's all the same to me. Yeah. So you told me it all starts with the Y. So you told me like you got to watch this. You got to watch this. You got to watch this. You and. Our program director here at the station, Raj, like, oh, you got to watch this, you know, pop culture. This is a great show. You need to watch, right? So, all right. So, yesterday, I hunkered down, like, all right, I'm going to watch an episode of this Yosemite show. <laughs> and, um, and so I put it on, and right off the bat, Kevin Costner, his name in the show is John Dutton. Yeah, John Dutton. Yeah. 
And then I can't help but think, wasn't that the name of the Colorado Crush quarterback that won a Oh God. That won yes, uh, Arena was. League football? Yes, the guy won an arena football championship in like two thousand five, and that's the first thing you think of? He said when they said it, when they said John Dutton, I was like, wait a minute, that was the quarterback of the crush. And then I couldn't get like I couldn't get out of my mind the 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 crush the quarterback of the crush and like they just took that guy's name like you can't call him John Dutton John Dutton won a championship for the crush <laughs> and then I couldn't think of anything other than John Dutton well maybe you need to take that up with Kevin Costner the next time you guys uh, cross paths right well did you ask Costner to put you in one of his movies I he told me years ago that he was going to do a western he said this is my goal is to do a really good western and I said hey like there are plenty of rules in westerns for a guy just to be dead, like get shot. You know, I mean, you could get taken to the train station, right? And so I'm like, hey man, you mean hook a brother up? He goes, all right. He goes, I got you, I got you. I haven't heard hide nor yeah. hair from him, and I know his guy. He's got a guy. Like famous people, you ever notice famous people have guys? Okay, a dude, a dude. We call them do it alls. Yeah, they got to do it all. Yeah, right hand yeah. man. What's that? Like a right-hand man. Yeah, he's, a, yeah. he's, a, he's, he's your do-it-all. Yeah. He's got yeah. a do-it-all guy? Oh, yeah, he's got a do-it-all guy. Okay, well, you need he's to get in touch with the guy that he grew up with is do-it-all guy. You got to get in touch with the do-it-all guy. I got his number in here somewhere. Well, then call the do-it-all guy. Is, I can't remember the do-it-all guy's name. Just call him, hello, is this Mr. Do-it-all? I know, <laughs> For but, Kevin Costner. But let's, wait a minute. This right. could be interesting. We're getting, we're getting off the rails here. I know, okay. but let, that's okay. Refocus. Let me just go. Let me go Costner. Yeah. See, folks, this is what I deal with every single day during our radio show. Mark goes off the rails. Mark goes off on a tangent. He goes down these little rabbit holes, and it's my job three hours a day to pull him back up. It's like, hey, like, see, focus. I got to be better when I put people in that I'm not going to remember their names in yeah. my phone. Yeah. Like, how did I list them in my phone? Good point. I don't know. Is he under D? Do it all. See, did do what I, you would think I would have put him under Costner. Yeah, that's what I would have done. Yeah, and I would have put him like whatever his name is. Do it all. Yeah, right. Yeah. His first name's Do it. Yeah. Second name all. All. And then I would put Kevin Costner. Exactly. Or KS. You didn't do that. Apparently not. I just put yeah. him in there. No, I don't. No. Okay. Back to Aaron Rodgers. Is is oh sorry yeah is this is this going to is this going to work out is he ultimately where he wants to be and are the Packers in a position where have have they sold their soul to making Aaron Rodgers happy that it, it's going to be to the detriment of the rest of the team? Listen, never they, mind Jordan Love. Right. I mean that pick is now a waste, right? Yeah. Well, I, here's the deal, like. Yes, they have sold their soul. Aaron Rodgers is their guy. That's they're going down the air. They're going. He he signed a four year deal or whatever. He, you know, he came back out and said, "Well, that, the the reports of that contract are, you know, they're they're not true." But, Which, by the way, really quick, that that speaks to the idea he does not. He's got rabbit ears. Yeah. Oh. And he does not like the the image of him as being selfish, selfish, greedy. Yeah. Have to have the biggest contract right, in football, right, right? All right. that kind of stuff. But. Uh, whatever, it doesn't matter. I, I His teammates love playing with him. I think he has stood up for guys. He did have a voice getting Randall Cobb back into the fold. 
Um, you know, he stood up on he stood on the table for Devontae Adams. I do believe Devontae is gonna get a long term contract. I think Aaron has a ton to do with that. So I, I think that's why the players love him. But let's face it, man, like you know, people gave me all kinds of grief when Aaron decided to go back, and then you know, an hour later, you know, we get we get Russell Wilson here in Denver, and I'm like, I'm too giddy to be petty, and then I thought, no, I'm just petty. So then I put a video out there, right? Like, hey man, it won't be the last time I'm wrong about the Packers. I'm wrong about the Packers all the time because every year you guys go to the playoffs, and I pick you to win a game, and every year you guys take a dump in your helmets, you know? <laughs> so um, yet another fan base you've alienated. It's fine. There's nothing they can say. Like, you know, I mean, I just can always point to Super Bowl 32 and say, how you like me now? Come get a taste. Um, but, yeah, they got to – I mean, they're they're ripe. I mean, the, the division's ripe for the picking. Chicago's not good. Minnesota, what are they going to do? New coach and all that kind of stuff. Like, I mean, Green Bay, far and away, Detroit is, you know, I mean, as long as you got knee pads on to protect your kneecaps, you're going to be fine. I mean, like they're they're gonna win thirteen games. Their deal now is they gotta they gotta win a championship. Can they do that? I so far they haven't been able to get over San Francisco every time they meet them in the playoffs. They get into a a, a fist fight. Yeah, I I heard from a, a diehard Packer fan who I'm friends with, and he said, "Great, fifty million a year for a guy who's gonna win the North and then lose in the first round of the playoffs." I mean, there's. Yeah, he's got some bridges that he needs to build back up there. He does, and and the only thing that's going to do it for Aaron Rodgers, it, it, like if he doesn't win another championship, I agree. It's like I agree. that is that's bad. Hey, last thought: uh, quarterbacks always dominating the conversation. Carson Wentz on the move again to All the. Right. Uh, so I'm driving into to work. the commandos. Hey, yeah, I'm I'm driving into work today, and. You know, I'm I'm listening to the radio, and yeah, you know, they're talking about they're talking about Carson Wentz, and and you know the the conversation obviously morphs into what are the Indianapolis Colts like? What, they have to have a contingency plan. What's their plan? You know, and the analyst is talking about well, you know, they're really looking at Jimmy Garoppolo, and they're da 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 da, and this that and the other, and you know what the first thought in my mind was? You don't move off your quarterback. I mean, they let's face it, they had they had. Hey, if if he plays X amount, he get the, like they don't have a first round pick right. now, right? Doesn't it go to Philly? Isn't it? I mean, so and here you are. Horrible last year. What horrible? No, but you don't have a franchise quarterback. The draft is not loaded. Russell Wilson is gone. You know, I mean, is Deshaun Watson going to be available? I don't know. But you're basically in this into the second tier guys. Is what you're thinking about right now? And instantly, you know where my mind turned? Where? Andrew Luck. Oh, geez. Be fascinated to see their plan B. Yeah, what is it? Is it Jimmy Garoppolo? Is it Is it Deshaun Watson? Do they think do they have some guy in the draft that they really like that they think is gonna be a franchise quarterback? Yeah, but even if they did, I mean that's a team that's built to win right now. We know these windows can close quickly in the NFL. Where's Nick Foles at? Anyhow. I don't know, man. I don't what a week, though. What a week. Oh, great week. What a week. Andrew Luck to the Colts. There you go, folks. <laughs> Colts fans, get excited.
Uh, you heard right. it here first. Yeah. For everybody involved in the Stinky Truth Podcast, I am Mark Schlereth. For Mike Evans and Millennial Ben, we thank you so much for listening. want to thank our presenting sponsor, the great folks over at Bet Rivers. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers. Download the app. Check them out at BetRivers.com. Stink a good green chili as well. Check out our queso dip. Check out our green chili dips, pork, chicken, you name it. We got it. Gluten-free. It's uh, phenomenal stuff. Stinkinggood.com. For everybody involved, thank you so much. We'll talk to you later.